Welcome to the Nehemiah Entrepreneurship Community Podcast. I'm your host, Patrice Saguet. I am here with one of our coaches who came back, David Robinson. <laughs> David, how are you? Welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you. I'm doing I'm doing great. And uh it's it's neat to experience you guys from this side of the this side of the uh the production or this side of the, the show. I love it. I love it. So we're going to talk about building a successful kingdom coaching practice. Um, and because David um, has built a successful practice, one thing we try to always do is highlight entrepreneurs and, and leaders who are doing things that you can model and, and be inspired by. And David one as such. What's unique about David's story is that uh, David, um, you know, we met David um Several years ago, he went through biblical entrepreneurship, became a biblical entrepreneurship certified trainer, also be certified coach. He was with us in the early days of Kingdom Business Coaching, was with us for a while, uh, even attempted to launch biblical entrepreneurship in, in the Cincinnati area. Um, and then David just disappeared. And, um, and David recently reappeared um, and pretty much shared with me how he applied a lot of practices he learned, a lot of things he learned. He applied it and he shared with me the successes that he was realizing today. And I said, David, come to the podcast. We want to hear that. What I appreciate about his story is, is full of candor, you know, just, just plain honesty in terms of years of struggle. But it's also full of uh, victory in terms of how God turned things around. So if you've been facing some personal challenge in your business, in your life, you've had seasons where you want to, is God really there? Uh, this story will inspire you because you'll hear a story about someone who literally went to what we call a Nehemiah Project, the Wilderness Experience, and came out of it not only alive, but thriving. So David, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Patrice. Um, David, let's, let's take it back a little bit. Um, so today you are the uh, founder and CEO of a, comp a coaching company called Growth Point. Yes. And um, and and Growth Point. First of all, before we take it back, tell us what is Growth Point um, so that uh, listen going to say what you do today. What does Growth Point do? Tell yeah. us about Growth Point and where it's based out of. And then we're going to take it back. Yeah. Growth Point is a is a coaching company. It's a, it's I've debated, gone back and forth. Am I a consultant? Am I a coach? Um, am I a mix of both? But it no, it is a coaching company. And we serve um, uh, businesses, um, small businesses that range from seven and eight figures, and we help them grow to the next level where they want to be, um, go through the um, systemizing their business, scaling, and then ultimately exiting their business, um, or um, at least getting, it's either an exit or a secession, as you know, um, and then what that what that looks like. So we help them. We provide the systems, the tools, the, the uh, resources, and the support that um, that a an owner needs to needs in order to become the CEO that their company their company needs. So, awesome, awesome. And you're based out of Dallas, is that yes, correct? Yes, we are based out of Dallas. I'm assuming your clients are in Dallas and other parts of the country as well. Yes, our we have clients all over the country. Um, we have coaches all over the country as well, um, and we have three coaches at this point, and are have more, more that we're bringing on. So, yeah, awesome, awesome. So, 
coaching practice around the country and, and three clients around the country. Let's take it back a little bit, David. So when you and I first met, you were in Cincinnati, uh, actually to be more specific, Dayton, Ohio. Yes. Or the better word. Yeah, Dayton, Ohio. Tell us about this, how things were then and what led you to kind of joining my project back then. Uh, let's see. Um, I had built a, I'd, um, where to start back then? Wow. Um, I had just jumped into starting a heating and air company when I had met you guys. Um, I had started previously. That was the second business I had started previously. I started an insurance agency and, um, got into it for all the wrong reasons for my own significance, for my own, uh, wealth and, um, really to just to serve myself and, um, had fallen flat on my face and God had said, um, the summer of 2012 was when I, I had met you, I believe, um, that summer he started saying, um, I want you to go back into business. Um, and I kept arguing with him saying no. Um, but I want, and finally he, every time I mowed my lawn, he would talk to me about it. And, um, finally he said, I said, you know what, God, I'm not going to do this unless you, unless you take my current job away from me. I've been there, done that. Don't want anything to do with it. Almost lost my marriage because of it and don't want anything to do with business. And he said, yeah, but you did it for yourself. Then I want you to figure out what it means to be in business, to glorify me. Um, and I said, still, no. Um, and so I, I, that was on a Sunday. By Thursday that week, mowing my lawn Sunday after church, Thursday um, I had been written up three times and lost my job. Um, and it was one of those things where uh, literally I could have uh, – I, I, it was probably wrongful practice in the way I was hired except the fact that it was – an answer to God, an answer to my rebellion. Um, so it, I couldn't argue with it. So, but at that time I was like, all right, well, where do I start? How do I, how, wh what does it mean to do business God's way? And what does it mean to, to be in business to glorify him? And so at that point I started looking, um, starting talking to people. I started a small group at the church called Anointed for Business. I did not know there was a book out there called that. And, um, Someone in the church noticed it, um, Barry James. He, he noticed um, that I had started a group, and he said, hey, you may, may want to come, come to a meeting that I'm having to talk about uh, faith and business and kingdom business. And I said, okay, yeah, sure, I will. And so I came to his office, and we sat around, got to his, his boardroom in the office, and um, as people were introducing myself, themselves, I, I realized quickly that I was – uh, in a in some place that I was had no qual no qualifications to be in. Here I am, a furnace guy, drop out of college, just start a business randomly, and um, have more business failures and learning experiences than I do success. And here's uh, CPA this and um, uh, the um, quite a few MBA people and people that run multi-million dollar companies. And here I am just a furnace guy. Um, but when I heard you speak about um, kingdom business and what it means to, to be, um, uh, I think that the, you spoke about what it means to, 
to be royalty um, or from royalty into royalty. And uh, you gave your testimony and talked about biblical business and what it means to be a kingdom business. I was all on board and it sounded like something a little bit, uh, a little bit more organized version of what I was trying to accomplish with the small group um, and trying to learn myself. So that's, uh, I don't know wow. if that's. So from there, you ended up not only coming to our conference, but also you, you end up uh, becoming a certified trainer and coach with us. Yes. Yes. So let's talk a bit about that season of your life uh, hmm. before uh, your, your next transition. Uh, as you were attempting to do what you felt in your heart to do, as you begin to with us, tell me about that season. What are some things that, that you really learned that was good? What are some challenges you faced at that time? Yeah. Um, the biggest challenge was that opinion. Here I am, a furnace guy. Who am I? I have more failure than success. Who am I to speak to other business people? And I think um, looking, uh, look, I knew it at the time. I think anybody around me probably knew it at the time too. Um, but it was, it, yeah, that was the biggest challenge is, is God has called me to something that I literally have no, no qualification for whatsoever. And, and this kind of imposter syndrome kind of thing, yes, right? Yes, Where, yes, yeah, 100% yeah. imposter syndrome. Um, and it, it's, it, it, every, everywhere I turned, I was, you know, I grew up in church. So I was taught I have to be I have to be truthful I have to be in, a man of integrity I have to be um, honest I can't lie but I here I was when I was teaching biblical entrepreneurship or I was coaching um, entrepreneurs about business here I was feeling like a failure myself and wow. feeling like how not only a failure but I'm I'm actually trying to do something to glorify God but I feel like I'm lying and I have no wow. integrity with it. And oh, I love it. it. It was not a fun place to be in, which is probably why I just disappeared because I couldn't take the pressure of being what I thought at the time was being um, being a fake. Wow. And we, you know, there's a concept that we talk about in biblical entrepreneurship, you know, the, the integrity gap. Yes. Where there's there's one, you project one thing, but then you, you are or you feel like you're another and there's this gap in between. And in that gap is guilt, condemnation all the stuff a hundred percent and and nobody knows but you feel it and that pressure some often causes us to run away doesn't it yes it does yes it does well then you uh you made a pivot yes uh that included you relocating as well as you kind of pulling out tell us about that transition yeah that was a uh, um it was I'll say I'll say this. I I made a pivot and went into. Um, I still couldn't get away from coaching because I felt like God was saying, "Like this is your calling. You can't get away from it." And I would tr literally try to walk away from it, and it would just every time I would, every time the presence of God, I was in the presence of God in a worship service, in a Bible study, anything. This um, coaching thing would come back up. Mm. And any person, like I'd, I'd go out and try to build relationships with people. And it was only business owners that I could build a relationship with. And it was just, well, for whatever reason, 
everybody else stayed away from me, but business owners came. So I was like, okay, well, I guess I have to figure this out. Um, and I need some, I need some training and education myself. Um, so I, I went and found a business coach, um, who happened to be the kingdom guy and, um, figured out what, what it meant to be a business coach, what it meant from, from more of the hands-on, what it meant to grow a business, what does a healthy business look like? And so I kept, kept doing that while keeping an offer open on social media and stuff for business coaching. Um, and I met, I had a couple of clients come through the fourth client in particular, uh, he was in a real rough spot. He about 700,000, um, in his business, he had hit a million dollars and bumped back down, which is something that I learned was actually pretty normal for a business to hit one, two, three million and not be able to break through that, that capacity barrier. It's like the rules of the game changed, um, when, when he hit that. And he, he was working, he was a, a dirt contractor, ex, excavating company. And he, um, anyway, I started working with him. In fact, he couldn't pay. And I said, Hey, I'll coach you for 60 days. And afterwards, if it's, if it's worth it to you, you can keep, you can start paying. And if not, then we'll, we'll go on and part as friends and no one will be hurt. No one will be hurt. So, um, I'm still working with him today. Um, but the transition, the entire time that's going, I, I was like, I'm learning, I'm trying to do the right thing. God, when is this growth going to happen? And I felt him saying, you're going to hit a season of rapid business growth when you move to Dallas, Texas. Hmm. And my wife's family lived in Midland, Texas, which is about five hours away from Dallas. And I said, well, maybe, maybe I'll convince her to. And he said, no, I, I want, don't want you to tell anybody about this until it has to happen on my timing, not yours. So here for probably four years, I'm working saying, all right, God, what, what is this? What, what is going on? Um, in 2019, my wife started talking about, let's move to, let's move to be with my mom. And I'm like, yes, that's one step closer. Maybe it's not Dallas. Maybe I heard wrong. Maybe it's Midland. And so we moved to Midland and, uh, literally moved into the desert. Um, and where I met, it's almost symbolic of what you're going. Oh, through. it, it is a hundred percent. It is one hundred percent symbolic. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm going to get an office. I'm going to do this. We're going to grow rapid business growth. Here we come. And um, immediately the business stalls out and lose everybody but one client. And I'm like, oh. And I said, God, what do I do? And every everything I'm trying to do to get. Like I have rent now. I have this things that I, it's not just me in a basement. Um, um, it's not just me in my office in a basement. We're living with my mother-in-law and I have an office to pay for. And um, he says, just be with me. And I, I was like, okay. So I prayed. I'm like, I'm glad I'm with you. Now what? He said, just be with me. And so the next day I prayed and spent some time in prayer and worship. Now what? just be with, spend time with me. And that happened for six months every day where I wake up and say, what do you want me to do, Lord? And he would say, literally, I don't know if you guys can see it, but there's a, a chair right there. Just sit in the chair and be with me, worship me, pray, study my word. So that's what I did. 
Um, and that was kind of in the middle of the, the season of uh, what I call the wilderness season. Um, I had one hiccup where business came to me. Someone reached out and said, hey, we've heard you're a business coach. We want you to come speak at our, it was a home builder, one of the nation's top home, 100 home builders, um, also a kingdom business guy. He heard on the podcast, I'd had him on um, on a show that I had done at the time um, called Christ in Business. And he said, we're looking to, we need coaches for our trade partners. We want you to come speak at our leadership conference and we want you to be the recommended business coach for our contractors. And that was, I was like, okay, that's great. I'll do that. 2020 had the best month ever in coaching. Had um, since then, have um, looked back on that, and it was a, it was a good growth point. But it um, hit that hit that number, and I said, "Great, this is this is the time. We're ready to go." I took all of that revenue instead of asking God what to do with it. I took all of that revenue and invested it back into marketing the company and started getting leads and generating appointments and everything. And then that happened right. The literally the had my calendar booked for two weeks, a history of closing a hundred percent of, of those calls. And, uh, it, that the day of the appointment that the first appointment I had Trump made the announcement and said, we're, we're encouraging everybody to shut down the economy. And I'm like, so over over $10,000 invested into this into this campaign dead on arrival and i said at that point i threw my literally i wanted to quit and walk away and um god said i want you to um take this year and not do anything in business like take one full year with me and i said at that point, I was at the point where I said, okay, it, clearly I'm missing something. So, yes, I'll do that. And for the next year, for the tw 12 and a half months, I literally spent, uh, before it was two to three hours a day, now it was six to eight hours a day in, in that chair, praying, worshiping, and God uh, meeting God for the first time, I guess. Like I knew him, I knew him from a head point, uh, from a head perspective, but really had never, um, never received from him the love of Christ. I've always received it from a check this box and yes, I'm going to heaven and yes, I want to dedicate my life to him. Um, but never really became personal until that year. Um, and wow. It was, it, yeah, it's uh, who I was before that year and who I was after that year is um, completely different. So, wow. I'm talking with David Robinson. He's the CEO and founder of Growth Point, a coaching company based out of Dallas, uh, Texas. David was certified training coach with us. And then he transitioned, built his own practice, doing very well today. You're talking about his journey from uh, from the wilderness to building a successful uh, kingdom as a coaching practice. Uh, thank you, M Milan, for watching and being with us. So, um, David, 
you know, as you're sharing, I'm thinking about the framework that we teach our coaches and trainers about the importance of building their practice and their business around biblical best practice, yeah. which, which, which is, and then moving them to biblical principles and then the supernatural. I'm just seeing where you saw best practice, you were intended by biblical principles, and, and then you, I see where the supernatural begin to occur in your life as you walk it out. So as, let me go back a bit before all this. So when you think back at your days with Nehemiah, the things here, are there anything that you say, you know what, these, this is what I've, I learned here, even though those were tough seasons for you, um, that you then were able to, to, to build on forward? Um, yes, um, it was, I, I, I learned that there was a significant difference between just business as usual mm. and business with a mission to, impact the kingdom or impact eternity. Uh, I think the eternal bottom line that we talk about in NBE um, was huge. Uh, I also, through the journey that I've described so far, I, I learned that it is, it's not my business that gives me significance. It's not the position as a coach that gives me significance. It's not the results that give me significance. It, it's Jesus who gives me significance. Amen. And if he tells me to do something, if he told me to go start a, I don't know, aeronautical engineering company, I'd, I'd question myself at first a little bit, rightfully so, but I would then figure out who, who do I do this with and how do I get it done? I, I, lear I learned to stop through that time and through that, that journey, I learned to stop asking, um, stop saying I don't have it and start asking how can I get it as far as experience or as resources or um, how, how, what is his plan to do that? And then also um, along with that is just shoring up in integrity issues that I had um, where my reaction to fear was more important than the in integrity that I had um, in the relationships and the people, um, the people, the way I treated them or uh, communication over communication um, is, is a big value of mine now. Um, and, um, and then also the value of confrontation, which is something that I'd never would have done in the past. Um, the value of confrontation has also been taught as time goes on. Wow. Wow. That is incredible. What, what, what I love about your story is that really a candid, transparent look at when you begin a journey and you've not dealt with your brokenness, how yes. that affects your journey. David, as you doing this, you have a wife and you have a child, right? Yeah. So tell me how all this is impacting the family, whether it's lack of provision or just the trials you're going through. Yeah, yeah. Um, my wife was 
when when God told me to take a year off, I was telling someone that's that was helping get set up technical. They asked asked a couple questions, and I was telling them uh, when God told me to take a year off, I didn't tell anybody. I was too ashamed. My wife was working full time um, overtime, trying to get, um, yeah, making making bills, uh, paying bills, and here I was sitting. That was supposed to be what I've been taught. The the breadwinner of the house, the, the supporter of the house, um, the provider, and um, here I was sitting in a chair praying and listening to worship music. And so I didn't tell them at all what was going on. Um, I wanted to shield my wife from from the uh, the insecurity of it. I didn't tell her when. Revenue dropped. I didn't tell her when it went up. I didn't tell her any anything. It wasn't until towards the end of that, well, I realized that by trying to protect her, by trying to be her protector, her comforter, I was actually stealing from her personal growth and spiritual growth. I was actually stealing the role of the Holy Spirit in her life. Mm, that is good. And... Then when God asked me to do something that was on the back of 18-month journey that he had been taking me through that I wasn't allowing her to see, mm. it was... Uh, anyway, the, I think the probably the biggest thing was the aha moment when I realized I was actually stealing her, her spiritual growth by not allowing her to to participate in prayer or participate in even just crying together over stuff. Um, like wow. as, as trying to be the protector, I was actually stealing from the ultimate God who protects us, the ultimate comforter and our protection, our provision. And it goes back to that shame, right? That shame and guilt. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Which calls us to create these, these um, blockages where we not, we don't allow our family and friends to be intimate with us. So they can grow with us. We take on a savior syndrome, right? That is that's pretty powerful. So David, so but God does turn around. Mm -hmm. And let's talk about kind of how you turn around and where you are now and what's forward looks like. Yeah, yeah. Um Right before that year, um, I got an invite into Forbes Coaches Council. And I have to lay a little bit of the backstory. Um, at the time, the Forbes Coaches Council was more revenue than I had coming in for the month. Hmm. And I felt God saying, I want you to do it, and I want you to do it this month. Like, don't save for it. Don't plan for it. Just do it. And I'm like, I don't. I don't, that doesn't sound like wisdom to me. Um, so I went to, went to my friends and I asked them, I went to my advisors and asked them and the, the there were a lot of people who said, yeah, that's ridiculous. Don't do it. Save for it. Don't go get a, a credit card to do it. Um, which I don't recommend. Um, but then there were a few people who, that I knew trusted God and I knew heard God's voice and had a track record of knowing God's voice who said, if God told you to do it and you believe that he did it, I don't know. I don't see a way that you can not do it mm -hmm. because if, 
if you say you're going to obey God and you feel like he's telling you to do something right there, that just says, go obey it. Um, and it's clear you don't want to. So it's not like you're trying to deceive yourself into something. So I did it that month. They changed the requirements to be a coach's counsel to being um, a, a seven figure coach at the end of that month. So I got grandfathered into this community, um, which was awesome. That's great. But still, it didn't really come anything. I took the year off, didn't think anything of it. Um, Someone did send me an email in September of that year, though, um, that's saying, hey, we're writing an article. Would you mind giving your thoughts? And I said, yeah, sure. I type up some thoughts and give it away. A couple sentences there and didn't even think anything of it. About two months later, I get an email saying, you're featured on Forbes. And uh, so I look, I was like, wow, that's awesome. So I clicked on it and I was featured. It was a question about how to work on your business, not in your business, uh, which is something that I've seen business owners ask all the time. It's like, we know this advice, work on your business, not in your business. Uh, how do you do it though? Um, so I wrote a wrote a piece of advice about that and it ended up being featured as a number one on the article for an expert panel on business builders. And that was cool. I shared it and great. Nothing really came from it still. Um, about 90 days later, right at the end of the year of rest, um, that I, it, um, the, president of Forbes councils reached out to me and said, Hey, we're, we're starting a coaching program or we're, um, our coaching program is growing and our VP of coaching needs to talk to you about coming on. And we'd, we'd like to hire you, you and your company as a coach. Um, that was also the same, the week after God said, all right, it, it's now the Sabbath year's over. It's been 12 months. And, um, I want you to move to Dallas. And so we, um, there's a lot of details here that I I don't want to, don't want to over, I don't want to take too much time on, but it, the, it was basically a forced move to Dallas. My wife would have never done it. And if God hadn't have done what he done, did at that, at that point. So, um, we moved there to be with my in-laws, uh, COVID happened the oil economy crashed. Uh, her, her father-in-law lost his, or yeah, her father, um, stepfather lost his job and only got it searching for nine months and only found a job in Dallas. Um, wow. so and it was like, okay, well now we got to move to Dallas to, to be with them. Cause there's nothing here in the desert that we want. Um, the moment we hit Dallas, uh, I don't know what happened, we kind of moved in faith saying, God, we have this amount of money. Um, my wife quit her job and said, I'm not going back to work. I don't feel like, I think it's, I think it's God saying that we're, we're going to, he's going to provide. And so we said, God, you have three months, three weeks later, everything financially was met. Business had tripled in size and it has kept growing since then to the point where now it's, uh, I have a, VP of marketing that we've just brought on. We have several coaches that we're hiring on and all of that has been in the last six months. Uh, None of it I could have explained myself. And 
the ironic thing about it is it didn't hasn't come from Forbes. It hasn't come from Fast Company. It's been organic growth point growth. Um, I think Forbes was just God's way of giving my wife peace. Like, hey, now now my husband's got real credentials, and um, meanwhile he's blessing the company. So it's it's anyway. It's um, I hope that ans answers your question. But it, it's it has been. Uh, I can't point to any one specific thing other than him that would <laughs> I literally, literally someone asked me the other day, I said, yeah, you say that, but there, I'm sure there's things you've learned. And the only things that I've learned is to go to God um, and literally let him be the source of my provision. <laughs> and uh, every morning I pray the the Lord's prayer or the disciples prayer, however you want to say it. Mm -hmm. Um, but when I pray, hallowed be your name, I have to look at all of those names that I learned. I can't be my wife's comforter when he's the comforter, mm -hmm. or I can't be my family's provision when he's the provision. I can't be the healer when he's the healer and keep praying that those names, that those roles that his name state and declare in my life stay holy um, it, it's, I, I'm working very hard to steward what he gives me instead of trying to force and perform myself. Wow. I love that line. I'm trying very hard to steward what he gives me versus trying to perform yourself. I wish we all had that same kind of sentiment. You recently made a decision to join, uh, re rejoin back with us. Um, as we land this plane, what motivated yeah. you and what are you hoping the second time around to happen that didn't happen the first time? Yeah. Um, in December, uh, if you haven't, if you guys haven't caught on speaking to the, the people watching yet, I, I spend a lot of time in prayer <laughs> now. And I, I, anything that gets in the way of that, I try to, to guard pretty closely. But I was praying and I, I felt, um, felt like God saying he wanted to, me to legally give my business to God mm. um, and exploring what that meant. I, I knew some of the solutions in the legislature out there. And um, as I thought through what it would look like to do that, and I said, yeah, sure, I'll talk to my wife. She's a shareholder, and we'll, we'll go ahead and do that. And he, she said, but I want you to do it publicly, and I want you to do it in a way that my body can follow. Um, so I don't know what that means specifically other than that. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it publicly. I'm going to do it in a way that people follow. But if, um, still to this day, and I've looked still to this day, um, biblical entrepreneurship is the global authority on biblical entrepreneurship. It, it's it, Nehemiah project and the community and the network that you guys have is, far better than anything else I've ever seen. And, and I've seen a lot of the courses out there. Um, I've met and talked with a lot of the people out there that, that lead um, that are some of the, what I call mountain leaders of the business mountain. And you guys still have the best, you capture God's heart. So night, so um, uh, there's just something unique about your your system. It's it's biblical. It's spirit led. It's spirit filled. 
um, it, it captures the knowledge and the spirit of what it means to do work as worship. Um, and so the, the first, first person I wrote down in my prayer journal is I've got to connect back with Patrice um, because if someone's going to follow whatever I do as far as leading, um, they, they ought to be following biblical entrepreneurship. They ought to be following that process and, and understand what it means to be a biblical entrepreneur. Um, wow. My company, if a client goes through a year of my program and doesn't come to know the love of Jesus, then I've failed as an, as an organization. I don't care if they say yes to him or no to him. I mean, I do care for their own sake. I care, Yeah. but I'm not, I'm not, I, I'm not going to fire them as a client, but if they haven't been brought to a point where they can say yes or no in that first year, I've failed. I really look at what we do as a discipleship program or an evangelism program um, to, um, to bring people into the awareness of who God is and how their business is affected spiritually. Um, I don't claim to, I, I wouldn't even begin to re reinvent or reteach or repackage what you guys do because you guys do it so well that if after someone comes along and makes a decision that then now they are going to be faith active in their business, how do I coach them through that process? I'd rather bring them through the the authority on it and bring them right to it um and take them to through that content and and help um help create discipleship in the marketplace which is what growth point is it's a discipleship ministry we just use the results of business to win the respect to do it wow i like the line david robinson what an interesting story what a journey from dane ohio to dallas texas from um, an imposter to the real deal, from a, what was the company again? From a, a, a heating and cooling? Yeah, yeah. First rate home services. Home service <laughs> to kingdom business coach. What an amazing story. Well, David, thank you for re-engaging back with us. David, somebody's watching. Thank you also for those compliments. We do appreciate it. Somebody watching and listening, they're saying, I want to plug in to what you're doing, David, uh, either as a client or even as a coach. How do they get in touch with you? Um, they can, if they, if they uh, want to plug in as far as business growth goes, they have a business that they want to take through the growth, growth points, um, uh, they can go to growthpointos.com. Uh, we have an assessment that breaks over working with, over a hundred and probably over 200 by now um, owners. And I've learned that there are only five things that a business has to do um, to create growth. They have to attract attention, convert it to a sale, deliver results and a wow experience, steward resources and build a team. If they do those five things well, they will grow. Um, of course, you and I know that growth is not all the same. There's growth that creates chaos and growth that creates freedom and profitability. Um, right. what happens and the way you do those five things, uh, whether you're in the man in the van or a fortune 100 CEO, the way you do those five things is only a matter of how sophisticated you get. And the, the rules of business change as you grow that requires more sophistication. So we have an assessment on growthpointos.com that kind of is the operational assessment of what is missing and what's holding your business back from that next stage of growth. 
Um, so you can find that on there and it really breaks down. It gives your business a score, um, a total score. And then each of the five areas for marketing sales, uh, operations, accounting, and leadership, what it gives your business a score and tells you what, what you need to do next, basically. Um, so that is where we've talked about charging for that. Um, at this point it's free and it's, it's a gift that I want to give you guys. Um, but then if at the same time, you can just follow me on social media. If you go to the davidrobertson.com, you can follow what I'm doing. Um, it, it's kind of like the, my own separate story parallel to growth point. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, you can follow, follow there. I love it. David Robinson, founder, CEO of Growth Point Coaching. He's an exit planning coach, international speaker to, I like this, predictable profit, and he is part of the Forbes Council. David, what an incredible story. Um, I, I'm going to bring you back later when we, when we do that dedication and when you actually fully dedicate your business to, to the Lord in the way you yes. talked about so that we can talk about that experience here and others can hear how it's done. Is that okay with you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. I'd love to. Connect with David at growthpointos.com. There you can take advantage of his assessment. You can also go to uh, davidrobinson.com, right? And there they can learn more about you and your story. Listen, uh, before you leave, uh, I'm going to have David give you some word of advice. So don't you leave yet because we're wrapping up. Uh, because we all, David, we all, before we pray for our audience, we want them to hear some insights from you in terms of what they may be facing right now. But before we do, though, I do want to encourage you to go ahead if you've, you want to know more about the Nehemiah Project and how we can come alongside you and work with you, providing you with training, coaching, access to capital, or to plug into our community, go to Nehemiah eCommunity dot com nehemiahecommunity.com there you can learn about biblical entrepreneurship that david talked about you can learn about kingdom business coaching that he talked about you can learn about the nehemiah entrepreneurial community which is an entrepreneurial community of entrepreneurs who are kingdom-minded uh, we have members from asia africa europe latin america and north america and by the way membership does have its privileges and together we can transform the world you can also learn about access to capital where if you need capital to grow your business, we do have members and we have our own fund where we can do provide, come alongside you with capital to grow your business. So if you enjoy this podcast, listen, friends share with friends that which they enjoy. So I want you to share it. Share it on your, on your social media platform. Share it to your email. Share with others. You may know somebody like David who has had or has an imposter syndrome, who has unbelief, who struggles with the destiny that God has called them to become, or who might just need what David has to offer, share with them and encourage them to plug in. With that said, David, before we pray for our audience, there's somebody who's watching right now and they're saying, David, I am where you were. Hmm. Um, I'm, I'm in the wilderness. I'm having imposter syndrome. God has given me a call, but I'm struggling with with embracing it because there's this gap between who I, I am right now and what God has called me to become. What advice would you give him, David? Mm. The, the short answer is simple, is spend more time with him. Mm. I would 
I tend to be someone who takes extreme action. So I would not just say spend more time with him because to some of some of you spend 20 minutes with him, 30 minutes, and you pray and you read your Bible. But I would actually spend enough time with him to the point where you don't know what to do next with him. And get yourself to the edge of the point where you, I don't know how, like when I started praying with him, like an hour was like at the edge. It's like, what do I do now? Like I've prayed, I've sang songs, I've played guitar, I've studied, I've looked up the Greek and the Hebrew, I've written out my prayers, I've, what do I do now? And it gets to the point where to, to be in the posture where I don't have anything to bring to you anymore, Lord. I just want to receive you and your heart. Um, that's a life-changing point when you can get to that point. Um, that it, when you, whatever you have to do to get to that point, where you don't have much more to bring him other than your attention. At that point, he can steer your attention. To be a kingdom business, you have to be led by a king. And so get, getting to the point where it's not about what you have to offer or pray or the agenda that you set, but what he is leading you into, um, more healing comes from that point than anything else. Wow. I like the line, to be a kingdom business, you have to lead by a king. You've said a lot of tweetable moments here, brother. This is good stuff. Listen, David Robinson, CEO of Growth Point, and I keep wanting to say Growth Point International, of Growth Point Coaching Company. <laughs> I'll take that prophetically. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. He's uh, a kingdom business coach and based out of Dallas, Texas. To get in touch with him, visit him at Growth Point os.com listen i hope you enjoyed the podcast let me pray for you david thank you so much looking forward man to walking with you and what god has in store for us yes. in the years yes. and months ahead with that said may the lord bless you may the lord enable you wherever you are around the world to be faithful over the talents he's placed under your care and to steward them in such a way that one day like david is experiencing right now you will hear those wonderful words well done good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. Guess what? He'll not make you rule over much. God bless you. Thanks for watching and listening. David, thank you again. Yeah. Thank you.